Tom and Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your T, Tom Fitzgerald, and I'm here with the low in your T, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. How are you, Lorenzo? I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I love fall. I think it's my favorite season. The leaves are turning slightly yellow. Yes, outside. I do like when it starts getting I a little am cold. hating getting up in the dark uh, that i don't for want. some reason yeah. this year it's really pissing me off yes well because we get up early and i hate that because it feels like all right i feel like i just want to be in bed yeah <laughs> i i think i may have said this before on the podcast i don't mind the days getting shorter at the end of the day like i don't mind it getting dark around five o'clock because it actually reminds me very much of like the the coziest little moments of my childhood, like the being very young. And, you know, I had a very conventional suburban middle-class white childhood. So my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And so it was all, I always think of that period where my mom would go around turning on the lamps <laughs> in the house before my father came home from oh, work, you know? And every year when the days get short like that, it always takes me back. And that is a preschool memory. That is a cute. very old memory. I didn't memory. know that. Yeah, I thought I mentioned it no, before. No. So I actually don't mind... That part of it, that the days, and I mean, I say this as someone who doesn't have a commute, and I know it's really, oh my god, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really horrible to leave your job and it's dark outside and you have to drive home. So I, I completely, I believe me, I was in the workforce for a long time before I became a blogger slash podcaster, so I sympathize. But uh, slash, slash author slash author slash cultural <laughs> critic slash bon vivant <laughs> slash man about town slash homosexual slash ho- professional homosexual oh, we go. have monetized our homosexuality <laughs> anyway we're going off um and i i actually like uh, when the when this this time of year because it starts heading into the holidays and that's always fun too right uh you know, but for some reason this year the the mornings, the getting up and it's dark out, and I I hate it. I hate I, it. I I I do like fall because it also I like the 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 leaves changing. It reminds me of North Carolina and all that going mm-hmm. to school and all the leaves and all those colors, beautiful colors. Um, I I love it. I love it. Love 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 it. Um, and you know, wearing my Crocs again. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, <laughs> it's sock it's weather around our place again, and of course. We'll be talking about our Bomba socks in a little of bit. Of course. Um, and uh, Lorenzo, and last Christmas, I bought Lorenzo Crocs because Crocs are my house shoes. Um, I wear Crocs all year round. Mm-hmm. And I was um, very reluctant. Strictly in the house. For a long time. I do not walk around outside. In <laughs> yes, them. no. But uh, they are great house, sho- house shoes. I'm sorry. They're, they, uh, yeah. they're non skid. Your feet are, they're molded to your feet. If you put socks on, you are, especially once the weather gets cold, you're, they're better than bedroom slippers. Yeah, I, I would. A, I wouldn't wear them around. I mean, outside the house. And B, I'm not judging people who do. No, no, I don't I, care. I, it's just that that's not my thing. I mean, right. Finally, I I started wearing uh, sneakers outside the yes. house. I mean, yeah, finally. Twenty years, he would not wear sneakers no, unless he was working out. Yeah, I. It's just not my thing. But now it's my to thing. Mr. Rogers. And he, <laughs> but now it's my thing. I go out. I wear sneakers with jeans and pants like a real human person. i know and it feels so weird but anyway i do it now uh and crocs love them crocs love them now they're 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 perfect i mean i wouldn't wear them like summertime or, right. or when it's hot no and sweaty i mean i do but i wear them no, with footy socks in the summer right. like little ankle socks again from bombas but <laughs> but they they are very comfortable <clears throat> and mine are orange pardon me we are ruining our brand by talking about crocs oh on our God. podcast anyway, so, so let's stop there. that anyway we actually do have some fashion-y stuff to talk about they, and they they're, they're they sit right next to my proudest shoes in my closet so that's there you true go. 
and my Gucci, Gucci <laughs> Chelsea boots. There you go. Um, okay, so we actually do have some style stuff to talk about this week, and we have a little bit of culture stuff to weigh in on, and we are returning to our old friend Project Runway uh, in the back part of this uh, podcast this week. They had their first episode um, in... Uh, since since the since the pandemic hit, yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually, I I went last night. I was like, well, "What was the last episode? How long has it been since we recapped an episode of Project Runway?" And I kind of guessed when I found out it was for this podcast, and it was a podcast that dropped on March thirteenth, twenty twenty, which was the day for oh most people. That was the yeah, day yeah, where yeah, it, yeah. you know Tom Hanks got COVID, everything got shut down, and it was the day that our uh, we had to cancel our book tour. Mm-hmm. And so this morning, I was like, let me, li- how were, what did we sound like that morning? Because it's <laughs> such a blur. I know. And, you know, we've talked about it before. I'm well past over it because we are, ha- turned out to have been very lucky in the long run with our book. But at the time, and for many months after that, it was a very hard. It was a horrible day. Yeah. Thing to yes. carry around. Yes. The, uh, this, this, um, the disappointment that our, this tour that we had planned for over a year had to be canceled. Anyway. So I listened to the podcast that morning, and all I could think was, man, first off, weirdly enough, don't remember it at all. Don't remember recording this at all. Right. Um, But we were clearly in denial that morning. We were like, yeah, we're closing down for COVID. We don't know about our our next few dates. And that's how it felt at the time. It felt a little apocalyptic, but nobody wanted to. Nobody thought it was going to be 18 months. Things like that always make me think like you never know what's going to happen the next day. So you never know. You never do. So do what you have to do now. <laughs> True. Uh, sometimes you can't do things you want to do, but if you can, do it now because tomorrow you never know. This what's has gonna happen. been wisdom from Lorenzo. No, it's anyway, true. we're going That's to I, I uh, talk about Project Runway in a bit. Um, let's talk about the probably biggest, um, one of the biggest celebrity style stories of the week, if not the biggest one, and we didn't cover it on our site. And part of the reason I want to cover it here is because I don't want people to think we avoided it. Um, it was Lizzo at Cardi B's birthday party. Uh, now, granted, we don't actually cover much celebrity party stuff. If no, it's we not don't. a public yeah. event, if right, it's right, not right. some sort of premiere or awards thing, we don't generally cover things like birthday parties. However, um, uh, Lizzo went to, a, it was a star-studded birthday party, as you might uh, suspect, and Lizzo uh, went to the party in a mesh, uh, open mesh dress, crystal-studded open mesh dress, and when I say mesh, I mean like fishnet mesh, and under which all she had on was a thong. Um, and, you know, uh, social media blew up, all the celebrity sites blew up, and the fashion world blew up, but the following day, and well into the next day, those pictures weren't available on our on the f- photo service that we use, and that's you know sometimes sometimes that happens. Your your photo service isn't isn't as quick as certain other photos, and you we can't subscribe to all of them. Nobody nobody really does that. Not even the the big ones, right? The big uh, you know publications subscribe to all of them. Anyway, so we didn't have access to the pictures, and. I will admit, I didn't realize how big the story was going to become. I saw it on social media, and I was like, all right, you go, girl, whatever. And I didn't think it was something that I had to cover or that it was going to turn into this big thing. And because it became so covered, I started worrying, oh, I hope people don't think we're not covering this because she is a plus-size black woman and she's more or less naked in public. Like, I don't want to think people—I didn't want people to think that we were— 
uh, grossed out by it or offended by it or even critical of it. Um, I mean, we do have criticisms of the fashion, but I, as a statement on her part, as a as because let's face it, it was a party. She didn't show up at the Grammys like this. I'm we might I might have had something more to say about it if she was naked on the Grammys red carpet. Um, but even then, like Megan Fox was in a, a sheer dress yeah. on the Grammys well, red pretty carpet, pretty much naked. Yeah, yeah, pretty much naked. So uh, you know, whatever. Um, but it was a statement of body positivity, which she is very much all about, and it it was a moment of admirable, um, like stunning self confidence. And when I say that, I do not want people to confuse that with saying, "Oh, she was brave for doing this." It takes self confidence for anybody to show. It took self confidence oh yeah. for. Uh, uh, What's her, Megan Fox to show up in a naked dress, too. I've always said that about when you've got to have a lot of muscle control and self-confidence to walk around in, in clothes like that. Um, so that isn't a comment on, oh, you know, it take, you know, you have to be super something or whatever to, to expose yourself as a plus-size person in public. That's not what that means. But uh, Lizzo has talked extensively in interviews and stuff just recently about how much she wants to promote body positivity and self-confidence in other right. women she's uh, always been she, she she's she's always had that that message about body you know and image and right. and, and and being positive about how you look and who you are and so on always she's always been like yeah. that but even it's one more, of the best things about her right but even more so lately because of all the attacks on instagram and social media right. uh she's yeah. become defiant right so and i, I appreciate that yeah. i think it's it's awesome that you know she keeps fighting she keeps going right. because the attack is huge. Right. Um, so I, I do love that. And I do want to use the word confident because, listen, I I mean, we go to Fire Island and all those places. I, 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 can't, I can't even take my shirt off. I mean, it's just not me. It's not right. my type of right. thing. Um, so I understand when you're that confident, uh, you know, to just... I don't care who you are. It right. takes that's, self-confidence. That's my point. That's and my point you here. You said this before we flipped on the mics. You, I don't know if you were going to bring this up or not, that... No Tino shade against her, uh, against Lizzo, but, you know, it takes some, um, I don't want to be critical, but you showed up at someone else's birthday party and sucked you know up the all attention. the yeah. attention. You're both very famous. You're both celebrities. And you really, that was a flex and a half where she, I mean, there was no way she right, wasn't right. going to soak up all the attention. So knowing that going to the party... Uh, yeah, that takes self-confidence to, to walk into someone else's you know, birthday party naked, knowing right. everyone's going to take your picture. going to look at you and, and everyone's going to be yeah, talking about you Yeah, it doesn't matter what day. size right, she right, is. Right. That is a stunning exactly. moment of self-confidence. And some might even say <laughs> obnoxiously so because it wasn't your night. When Jennifer Lopez wore the uh, Versace dress, right. she was pretty much naked. She was mostly naked, yeah. So, and then everyone talked about it. They still talk about it. Right. So, it's the same thing here. That That's what I mean by confidence. Or, yeah, or, absolutely. Or willing to go there. Uh, it's not... It, it's not so much... I mean, it, I think the message is greater here because she's not a size zero. Right. But it takes confidence no matter what. It takes confidence to flout convention. Right, right. To flout yes. norms. Yeah, right. That's always... it. All, to break rules. It takes confidence to do that. And there's nothing wrong with pointing that out in this case. I would never call it brave because that is the mo- that's the kind of condescending thing that, you know, it sends a terrible message. But... She is about sending that message of confidence, so um, I'm all about it, and I think it's great now. However, however, <laughs> as a fashion blogger, uh, as someone who critiques these things, I didn't like the dress at all. 
Um, it's very basic and simple and, and, and in the sense that it's not even well constructed. It's uh, not well constructed. Every seam is thick and visible from 20 feet away. Um, there is no finishing on the neckline, no finishing on the cuff, and no finishing on the hem. It's literally just netting that ends. Um, and there's no particular shape to it. It is a gigantic mesh t-shirt. Right. Um, so as a, as a piece of fashion, I'm not crazy as about it. As a garment. It. As right. a garment. I, yeah. I don't think it's well designed and I don't think it's well executed. I, it, we it's should a great say color. The, it is a great color. The designer is Matthew Reisman Collection. I, I'm not familiar. I looked through his Instagram page and it's all very loungy, satiny, sexy wear. Mm-hmm. So this is along the lines, but... Um, this is not well constructed. There are visible darts running down the front of it, and you know, she's naked underneath it, so it has it almost looks like scars. Right. Um, a lot of people instantly brought up, uh, and this is fair. The um, Rihanna, uh, it's very similar sort of look. She went to the 2014 CFDAs as she was picking up an award that year, I think. Right. Um, in a crystal mesh dress under which she only had a pair of panties on. It wasn't a thong. It was like a full-size pair of almost like boy panties. Um, and people were like, you know, people love that. They fell all over that, but they're not going to cover this and or they're not going to love this. And so I called up, because we did cover it at the time, and I remember loving that look on her. Um, and I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, I don't... I, yeah, it's the same style. And I would imagine that uh, Lizzo was probably paying, at on some level, paying an homage or calling back to this look. But um, the thing about the one that Rihanna wore, I'm, I can't remember who... It was a big designer, wasn't it? I, can't, I, I, I don't remember. I'll, I'll see if I can remember or find out. But I anyway. can't remember who it was. But Rihanna's look, there were no seams. You could not see any seams. It literally looked like a shower of crystals just falling down her body. The, there was no seam, and all of the edges were finished. Um, it was sleeveless, number one, which I think the design works better without sleeves. And the straps had finishing, the hem had finishing. So it, it just was a better garment all around. It, it was for the C, uh, CFDA Awards. Um, right. And um, um, it was an Adam Selman uh, gown. Adam, oh, okay. So it wasn't some... I, th- I thought it was like Gucci or something. But it was extremely well made. It I mean, was. I mean, it was, it was exquisitely perfect well made. on her body, meaning that, you know, the fitting was great. That's yeah. what I mean by that. Um, and also, she finished that look uh, I, I don't mind the finishing that um, Lizzo has. She has a high pony that's got some sort of hair jewelry in it and, you know, just very showy manicure. It's fine, but um, Rihanna finished hers with a matching headscarf, crystal headscarf, yeah. and a faux fur wrap. So it just had a much more completed look. Um, great moment for Lizzo, but in terms of the actual fashion she was wearing, I was like, there were, that could have been a stunning Right. Design on her, but it's not. I, I love the concept. I love what she did. Um, I, I love the statement she was sending, but I don't like the dress at all. Right. I, it, it, fitting is very important. Uh, you know, even if you want to make a statement, that if, even if it's just a simple dress. Right. Uh, just crystals, nothing else like hers. Um, and the color is great. I repeat, I thought the color was beautiful. Yeah, it her. was. It's like a lavender or yeah, a periwinkle. Almost. Uh, yeah. But it didn't look like it was finished no. uh, a finished garment and no. so that's the issue that i have with it uh and he kind of like i don't know takes down the message a no, bit I don't I don't, no not take down the message she's but not it, the, at a high no, fashion no, I'm, event. no i'm sorry i didn't mean the message the impact of Fair. the look that's what i mean not, not I, the message i feel 
perfectly comfortable saying that Rihanna's look was better, not because of Rihanna's size, but because the finishing and the the te- technical work on her piece was better. The styling right, was better. Right, right. The thing with, with fitting, uh, I just want to bring this up, is that, uh, that you know, we always want great fitting because these people are boring, these clothes, and they have people, you know, to take care of everything for them before they actually wear the dress or wear the garment. Um, but sometimes they don't do the actual fitting in person. They just send their their measurements yeah. and then they get the garment. Um, so that's when you, sometimes you see on the red carpet that the look doesn't fit. You know, we say customize, custom, whatever, but it doesn't fit perfectly because it's one of those situations where they didn't actually, someone didn't go there and, and measure them and then came back and so on because, you know, sometimes it's someone here in the United States and then there's a, you know, a fashion house in Europe and so on. That's why for the award shows in general, the houses like Chanel, Gucci, and, and you know, et cetera, they, they send a team to New York and they actually stay at a hotel. You know, they rent a, a, a suite and they stay there and they, they take care of all the fittings and everything. So, you know, it, it's a lot. It's a lot to look fabulous. Right. <laughs> it takes a, a huge team, as we said yesterday, about something else. Anyway. Um, what else? Oh, well, speaking of good fit, let's talk about our Bomba socks once again. We promised you yes. we would, and we do almost every week now. Um, th- this portion of the podcast is being sponsored by Bombas, and we thank them for that. Uh, when it comes to my socks and your socks, yeah. they must be comfortable, and Bomba socks are the most comfortable we've ever worn. Facts. It is. But that's true. just one reason why we love them. The other is the good we're doing being a Bombas customer. For every Bombas item we buy, they donate an item to those experiencing homelessness. Bombas started by making socks after learning they're the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Then they started making underwear and shirts too. Bombas socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft and made to last. With their 100% happiness guarantee, they are confident you will be happy with your Bombas products or your money back. From fabric to fit to feel Everything Bombas makes is made to feel good on everyone. Go. I mean, we were actually just I on know. the site, the Bombas site yesterday. I know, because I want to buy some Lorenzo more, feels yeah. he needs to refresh his sock drawer. And I was like, oh, my God, there's so many cool new designs on the site right, right now. And I walked him through all of my favorites. They have these... Um, these gripper socks, which I'm dying to get. I think you might have to get me those for Christmas. And then the flea, uh, the Feliz, no, Fleece Navidad, which is like... <laughs> The Christmas theme socks that all have like llamas on them and everything. Oh my God, I want them so bad. I know, they're adorable. But I mean, so, you know, as fashion bloggers, Bombas has appealed to us in the beginning because the designs are really good. The colors are vibrant and beautiful and the designs are witty and cute and they are um, conversation starters if you want right, them to right, be. Right, right. I have never received as many compliments on socks as I have on my Bombas socks, never. Um and we've talked in the past. They're very comfortable. They hug your arch. They snap into position. As like, I mentioned before. I have never put them on backwards or where I had to twist right. them. They just snap right onto your foot. As I mentioned before, sometimes you buy socks and then you, you have to choose. Do I go with style or I go with comfort? And Bombas, you know, may, manage to combine both. And they are really perfect socks. I agree. Bombas socks, underwear, t-shirts are super soft. And oh, I already read that part. Sorry. And get this, thanks to Bombas customers, they've just donated their 50 millionth clothing item. Wow, that's insane. That's awesome. 
That's 50 million brand new pairs of socks, underwear, and shirts given to those in need. There's so much more comfort to have and so much more to give with Bombas. Go get 20% off your first order at bombas.com slash T-L-O. That is B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O for 20% off your first order. Bombas.com slash T-L-O. Okay. I... Next topic is, again, sort of like the Lizzo thing, where it was like, well, we have to talk about this because our lack of discussion on this may become an issue. And I also yelled at him um, uh, on, on Twitter. It's, yeah, <laughs> It's one of the bigger stories of the week, and I do think we'll probably have more to say about this in an upcoming newsletter. Yes, I'm working on it. Okay. Oh, yeah. But we're talking about the Dave Chappelle uh, comedy special on Netflix, Closer, which dropped, I believe, in the last week and has exploded on the scene because, once again, it's another one of his um, comic specials where he rails against cancel culture, which, Jesus Christ, I can't believe all these hackish comics think that this is where the jokes and, are and, and in this I, day and I, age. I believe he's worth $50 million, and that's what I heard. Yes, it's yeah. always mm-hmm. the people with the most money and power who are complaining about... He, you're... you're on Netflix, like you're not, you clearly haven't been canceled. Anyway, um, but that's <laughs> that's not the issue here so much as it is that the uh, like many of his jokes in recent years, he has um, it. They're transphobic. They're horribly transphobic jokes. Even though he maintains, and this is something a lot of comics do, and it's fucking bullshit. Um, he maintains that they're just jokes, and in real life, he's very trans supported. But How, what? Yeah, it's just because he had a trans friend. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. that is the you know I have a black friend of yeah. answers. I mean, it is literally I have that a gay friend or yeah, a black uh, friend. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tragically, his gay friend, I believe. I mean, his trans friend actually killed herself. So I don't want to make light of that. But and it has clearly informed his comedy in some ways. But um, I. We didn't cut. Co- well, we don't cover comedy specials, number one. No, we don't. And um, I didn't feel like touching this all week long, even though he was coming out hard against my trans siblings, um, because it was just so gross and ugly. And number one reason I didn't watch it. And I, I feel like you can have conversations decrying something, which we're about to do without having seen it. But I do feel like you have to be careful about how you approach it mm-hmm. because the very first response is, if you haven't seen it, you don't have a right to comment. On right. It. But I did and, watch it. And Lorenzo <laughs> did watch it. And in some sense, in some cases, that may or may be fair. That may be a fair thing to say. But if the issue is, you know, real... Um, uh, bigotry. I shouldn't have to subject myself to it to right. call to call it out. Right. And I've I've read the, the the objectionable pieces. They've all been described to me. I've read them all. That's all I need to know about why I don't want to watch it and why I feel that it is um, it is transphobic. It is it you know. I don't know how to. Hmm. When you to, what, on, to what comedy is and isn't allowed to cover is such a. Um, it's like asking people what is art or what is morality. It's just you're never going to get the same consistent answer each time. It is a very difficult topic to nail down because comedy should be biting. It should comment on, or it can be biting. It's very effective when it's biting. It's very effective when it's satirizing or parodying things in the real world. When it allows you to comment on things in the real world, and it. it it can even be illuminating if your response to the world around you is one of confusion and rejection and you work that through your comedy. So I feel you can talk about things like how you feel as a cis person about trans people, how you feel as a white person about black people in your comedy. I think you can do that. I don't think those topics are off limits, 
But if the result is you simply making fun of the other people, using disparaging terms about them, well, that's not fucking funny. That's just you being an asshole. It, it's a lot of things. The fact that he mentioned several times that he's transphobic, he mentions that several times, and yeah. then he sides with J.K. Um, Rowling, Rowling of which, of course, you know, all that stuff, it, it, it's... It's more than just having a few lines that you consider, you know, offensive. It, it's taking a side on stage and just hammering it, you know, until the end. And, and, and then he gets to a and then it misguided and misinformed. Right. Because he talks about the, the he talks about gay people uh, and then he talks about the gay people and their wealth. And, the alphabet and, people, he calls them. Yes. But, you know, and he keeps making fun and, 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 and criticizing gay people as this group that he talks about is the only gay people out there in the world. So you can't, and as, as a few people pointed out uh, on, on... He tends to define gay people as white cis Right, right, which is people. not the case. And, of course not. And transgender, the same thing. I mean, a lot of black transgender uh, people are killed every all the time. So you can't just, you know, say transgender this and forget... And then a lot of people made this point um, that, you know, you can't defend black people and forget... Trans, black transgender people, black gay people, you know, black everything else. Right. Uh, you can't just side, you can't just defend one one group. Right. Um, that that's not right. It's misguided. It 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 leads to something else. It it, it stops being funny. Uh, you know. And at some point, he talks about gay people, and then when you're gonna stop harassing us or 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 I forget what he said, um, humiliating us or something like that. Right. Uh, when at the same time you're humiliating everybody else, right? It's just confusing. It's it it wasn't reactionary. Funny. Reactionary. It's not it bitter, wasn't it's funny. Not funny. Yeah, I mean, I do like sharp comedy and humor, but but you know it. I don't know. There's a line. I mean, there's always a line. Right. I mean, if when you watch a movie, you watch a TV show, you watch any any entertain any sort of entertainment, there's a line. Right. You know. And then if you decide to cross that, fine. But then you have to take the consequences that come with it. And then that's why it's keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Uh, more people talking about it. Um, what's her name? Hannah Gatsby. Gatsby, the lesbian comedian. She who, had a she special, had a, right? Yeah. She, and then that, that just broke all kinds of records. And it was a big cultural moment. Um this was a couple of years ago, I think. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't particularly to my taste, but it was a powerful special. And, you know, the the CEO of Netflix, Ted Sarandos, has been doubling down on this all week. And there was a memo where he mentioned her as an example. Of, and she blew up on Instagram and she was like, don't fucking put me in your, you yeah, know. Yeah, don't, don't, don't drag my name into your mask, you right. know. Uh, and she makes a very good point. She says, uh, I'm like quoting her here. Now I have to deal with even more of the hate and anger that Dave Chappelle's uh, fans like to unleash on me every time Dave gets $20 million to process his emotionally stunted partial world view. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, it was brilliant. Her response was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, which is true. Of course it is. You can't have it both ways. And this is such a bad move from Netflix. You just, you know. It's really tanking for them, it, actually. It, it's I a mean, bad move. You just had a major hit. There was also oh they also um, suspended an employee this week for yes. speaking out on yes. what that was so fucked up. She a trans employee gave a long thread on her feelings about this as a trans employee of Netflix, and it was 
professional. It was not ranting and raving. Like she just laid out all the reasons why this was harmful to her and why it bothered her as an employee. And she hoped that this would start a dialogue with Netflix. And like the next day, they suspended her. Right. Uh, they claimed that it was because she crashed a meeting, which makes it sound like she barged into some boardroom waving a sign or something when in fact it was a Zoom meeting and she was invited to it. Yeah, well, we a director the whole sent truth. her yeah. an, an invite to a meeting. She right. clicked on the invite and then they suspended her for showing yeah. up in the meeting. So that's all blowing up in their face. And Ted Sarandos, the CEO. Um, I think this is the co-CEO. Co-CEO. Um, one of the things he said this week was that content doesn't directly translate to real world harm. In other words, you can just put anything on Netflix and it's not going not to true. affect how people like if if his point being that um, Dave Chappelle making um, horribly dehumanizing transphobic jokes will not result in any sort of harm to transphobic people at all. Well, number one, they have a great documentary on their site called Disclosure, which we reviewed last year, right. which was about trans representation, in which the point was painstakingly laid out and explained how transphobic portrayals in the media directly translate right. to right. violence against trans women. Um, so, but even not just just disregarding that his own network has content that um, you know debate that refutes this content doesn't directly translate to real world harm is one of the most nonsensical things you could possibly say as the head of a, as the head of a studio or anything I know like right that. because don't tell me that you don't uh, you haven't touted your prestige films as something you know life affirming or you know that you haven't tried to tout your comment your content as something that changes people's lives in some way all of you do that you wrote, routinely talk about television shows and movies as right. stuff that has effects on people's lives, on their emotions, on how they interact with the world. So this is the most self-serving, clearly, clearly obvious bullshit that it's, uh, it's, it, you just think that everyone you're speaking to is dumber no, than you it, are. It comes down to him. Um, he's just enjoying the attention that the show is getting because it's still there. One of the top 10 shows on Netflix. Right. Uh, he's just enjoying that. And he's not going to take it down, as he said, several times. And he doesn't care. Um, which is horrible, which right. is absolutely, it's, it, uh, even if you have that position, I mean, the way he made that clear in a statement to people was just so awful. Yeah. Uh, you, you clearly don't care. Um, makes me question how much I want to cover. Well, anything yeah. that's on Netflix, if this is how they feel. It, it made me very sad and disappointed because I really like Netflix. I mean, you know, and, and they just had a huge success, as I said, Squid Game. I know. And then, and then you. And then you, you turn around and do something like this. Right. Uh, it's just it's just really, really bad. It is really bad. All right. Do you have anything more to say about that? But, I mean, I stand with my trans no, siblings. I, mean, I, I denounce this sort of co commentary. Right. And I I'm, wish I, Netflix would get their head out of its right. own And ass. I'm also tired of people defending uh, comedians thinking that... Because people have no problem criticizing movie, TV shows, and so on. But when it comes to comedian... They're allowed this, to say whatever they want for some reason. It's this idea that comedians on stage can say whatever they want and it's fine and should be fine. No, not really. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am not suggesting that they uh, should be censored in some way right no i'm suggesting that maybe they shouldn't get 20 million dollar fucking netflix specials that's right, what i'm right. suggesting exactly exactly it's not about silencing people it's about not rewarding offensive damaging content that's the bottom line right he should be able to go out on stage and say whatever the hell he wants exactly. and if, if a club owner wants to charge or something like that 
But um, and it, you know what? If any streamer wants to launch his specials, they should be. I'm not saying it should be illegal, but you should take the blowback that comes with that when you right. when you host hateful content. That's my whole point. Yeah, don't turn around and pretend that this is not a serious matter because it is. It is. Uh, uh, your anyway. own trans employees are telling you this, and you're hey, ignoring them. How, so how can you feel? You know, as an employee of a company like that, I right. mean, it's just it's it's bad. All right, moving on. We're going to yeah. talk a little bit about Project Runway. Yeah. As we said, it returned last night after, um, you know, what is it, 18 months? 581 days was the last time we um, talked about the show on this right, podcast. Right, right, right. It's season 19, almost Season 20. 19. So wow. we are actually on our 19th recap. I will say, uh, I don't want anyone to get too excited because I don't know that we're doing weekly recaps because we're definitely not doing them on the site. We haven't done that in years. And... Um, uh, this is, you know, 19 years is a long time. 19 seasons is a long time. And we have said so much about the show in so many different ways. Right. And it's nothing, I'm not particularly critical of the show as it stands now, but, um, I really don't have much to say after all these years. And it is, I will say as a critique of the episode, you said it, it was boring. It was a very boring episode because the formula is so locked in, even after a long hiatus. I was like, wow, they... I, they did try and freshen it up with some time jumping where they had people working at different times of the day and everything. But all that was was confusing and it didn't add anything to it. The thing is, I'm happy, the sh- I'm happy that the show is still there. I mean, so am people I. People like to watch Absolutely. Uh, people sewing, making things and, and presenting garments. I think all that is fantastic. Yep. Um, I hate producers' manipulation. Uh, that's one thing I can't stand. To I mean, we know it always happens, but... When it gets to a point that it affects the results, like in this case, um, then I, I get annoyed because fashion is about creativity. And if you do, you know, do whatever you want with these people, play, you know, play them like toys and, 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 and puppets or, or right. whatever. Uh, that's how it works on television. I get that. I understand that. But when you take away the the most important process, the most interesting process on a fashion competition, which is the creativity... Um, then you end up with mall clothes, right? Unfinished garments, things like that. Ideas that are not presenting anything new. So you, so that's why that's, then you end up seeing the same thing over and over again. And then that's when I call the show boring. Um, Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is my observation and this might sound really harsh to uh, a lot of fans of the show, but I going to stand on the fact that I don't think many people have written as many words about this show as I have. That doesn't make me an expert, but these are my observations. Uh, It's, you know, in 18 previous seasons and 18 previous winners, one achieved mainstream success, and most of them you you just haven't heard from again. The vast majority you have. And this isn't to say that they are losers, and it doesn't mean they don't have careers. Many of them own boutiques or work for other designers or or do, you know, uh, custom wear or whatever. But just as many more or more are pretty much not in the game at all. This is not so much a critic. Some of this is a criticism of the show. Uh, there's a. Um, I remember in the early days of the show, Tim Gunn proudly telling a story that I don't feel has aged all that well, which is the show's producer, when they were developing the show, went around to all these different people in the fashion industry to try and get them to become a mentor, on, to take on Tim's role. Right. And they all asked the same question, which was, do you think it's possible for uh, a designer to design and make a, a wedding dress in less than two days? And everybody 
everybody in the industry said no. Tim Gunn was the only one who said yes. <laughs> Tim Gunn, who didn't actually work in right. the industry. No tea, no shade, but he didn't and never has. Right. Um, and that's how he got the job. And, you know, 18 plus seasons later, the point has been made over and over and over and over again that technically, yes, you can expect a designer to execute something like that in two days. However, the results results will always, always be shit. So the thing is, Project Runway is a show that puts these... Look, when you have a show like The Voice, or even when you have a show like RuPaul's Drag Race, in the end, they want them to produce something that's great. Right. Otherwise, the show feels like a failure. Yes, yes. Project Runway doesn't operate on that assumption. They want disasters, because those are funnier to look at. And in the early days of the show, granted, we made our name making fun of a lot of those clothes. But 18 seasons later, I'm like, okay, so this is 18 seasons of shit fashion i would say 75 percent of what has walked a project runway runway has been crap and that is not the fault of the designers not i mean granted the show has cast a lot of people over the years who didn't really have the right or reason to be there right a lot of them just wanted the fame just wanted the money just wanted the attention uh, or just wanted to promote some little line they were working on. But almost, I mean, there were very few people who come, come on the show who really wanted what Christian Siriano has. Right. Well, the um, thing, here's my take ahead. with the show. Um, I think the producers don't give a shit about who wins, who doesn't. and Or who, whether the fashion's or, good. Or who becomes famous, or if the fashion is great. They don't care about any of that. They they, they want great episodes. That's all they want. And it's a major disservice um, to the um, uh, fashion community. Because, it is. Listen... To make it, if you watch, if you if you want to get us a better understanding of a lot of things, one of the movies I recommend uh, in terms of the fashion industry is the the September issue, and and they talk about this how hard it is to become a fashion designer, a successful fashion designer, even when they're very very talented. Right. Uh, it takes a lot of help, of support, of hard work. So. If you're not presenting, and there's a ton of fashions out there, there are a ton of fashion designers out there. You can even argue that there's no need for more designers out there at the moment because there are so many out there producing things. My point is that if you don't present people who present creativity, something unique and different, the fashion industry is just going to look at you as a fashion show. They're never going to look as a fashion show, as, as, a, as a, a competition, as a, a game show. Yeah, as a game show. Yes, thank you. They're never going to look at these people as potential future American designers. No, never. They still don't um, respect Be- Christian Siriano, right? Uh, because they're not producing something that will make the industry stop and, and and look at it. Because they're just basic stuff they're producing. There's nothing creative or great or amazing about these people that you can look at them and say, "Wow." This guy is going to be a fantastic designer. Right. This, this guy needs some some money, and he needs to, you know, he needs support. No, nobody's going to look at that, at at those episodes, those clothes, and 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 say, well, here's a, a very interesting designer. Oh, you may even say so, but they're not producing something that will make you invest uh, anything. No, in them, um, they just that's have the been, problem. With the there show. are no, there are virtually no success stories in a right. show that has been. I'm not saying that about. The, I mean. There have been a lot of America's Next Top Models who actually did wind up becoming top models. There have been a lot of people in The Voice mm-hmm. and America's Got Talent and American Idol that all went on, you know, to win awards, have, you know, platinum records, that sort of thing. 
Um, and then Drag Race has had, you know, um, some of the queens have gone on to Emmy winning shows. Some of them have gone on to great careers on stage or, or in the movies or whatever. And some of them are the most popular, highly paid drag queens in the world. Success stories all around. Project Runway cannot produce that. Christian Siriano was a fluke. And honestly, I'll say this about him. That boy, and he's he's 35, I should not, that man, uh, would have found a way no matter what. Right. He would have found a way in. If he hadn't been on Project Runway, he would have been tagging, you know, Paris Hilton on on Facebook and trying to get her to, to where she, that guy was going to make it the because he is, was a once in a lifetime. Right. You know, he was going to get there. That's he has a vision. The thing with, with Christian Ciarano is that he has a vision and he he worked with great people. He uh, he got support. Sponsorship. He made a lot of deals that yes. people sniffed out like yes, the Payless exa- shoe deal. Exactly. And, yeah. they, and they pay for his shows and, yeah. and all that he did. He's doing Brido. He's doing a lot of things right um and that's how you get your money and that's how you keep your business you know and again going no, no tea no shade against him i don't know him but i would imagine like a lot of design houses it's a balancing act and he could crash it's, oh, it, yes i'm not anyone. suggesting that christian is rolling around in cat i'm sure he does fine <laughs> but even michael kors has you know his sales have plummeted every house goes through times when it's not right. going well and a lot of it's them a fail. very risky uh business and people and people with money don't want to invest you know uh if they're not completely 100 percent sure that the person is going to make them money and project runway doesn't give them no uh the opportunity to really show when you look at these designers um their collections before they were cast on the show. And then you look at the stuff they produce on the show. You're like, this show is working its ass off to make sure they cannot be the designer well, that they are. How can we find ways to show them uh, going around, running around like crazy people, you know, and then just, uh, and not producing anything or, 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 you know, finishing the garment as they, right. you know, step onto the runway. That's what they're looking for. That's what the producers are looking for. Like I, big example here. The first episode is a team. Uh, uh, they split them up into te- two teams, teams like yeah. two teams of eight, I think. Yes. These people didn't even know each other and they had to all produce a cohesive collection. That's the other thing. The show Im- puts these things on, they impose these criteria that, um, no offense to anyone who has used this line, but if I hear who is this girl and where is she going one more time? Because <laughs> honestly, folks, that's one question you could ask in fashion. It's not the question. Right. And cohesiveness in a collection is one thing you could apply as a criteria, but there are plenty of collections that it's just one wild ass look after another and the theme only exists in the designer's head. <laughs> This idea that it's like this this sort of catalog display where everything sort of looks like everything. That's not necessary. Right. I mean, some collections are. Some of them are very repetitive variations on a theme, but others aren't. And I that's kind of the thing. Dra- it's sort of similar with Drag Race where you, and I'm sure it's similar with like the singing shows, which I don't watch or whatever, the dancing shows. I don't watch any of that stuff, but you wind up imposing these criteria in your judgments that are, they only make sense in the in the context of that show. It's right. not really what, you know. Fa- so this is my issue with, with pro- it's not my issue, it's my observation on Project Runway. I still am mildly entertained by it. I did think last night was boring. But the concept itself, while it can make an entertaining hour of television, it's just, as reality television, I think it has failed in when you compare it to some other long-running shows in terms of its stated goal. And 
part of that is I don't think you can do that with fashion. There have been plenty of fashion shows. I still think making the cuts sucks. That's why we didn't cover season two. And there have been a dozen others. Right. And it's all the same thing. Put designers through shit where they have to make stuff on camera, which is not how inspiration works. I mean, I can't imagine a show where I, like some sort of writing show where so they're like, you have a half hour to write a short story about that. Like, I know. That's oh my God, sh- don't give them ideas. I'm that, surprised. Oh my God, that's a show right I know. Oh, Except Jesus. it's boring to watch it writing. Or, or to read the whole right. thing later. I mean, that's yeah. what cooking oh shows God, are. Yeah. And I get, but again, you look at something like Top Chef and a lot of those designers went on to write cookbooks, host shows and open yeah, amazing yeah, yeah, restaurants. Yeah, yeah. So Project Runway, the nature of it, the nature of fashion and the nature of, fashion reality competitions is that it, you aren't going to find the best. Des- I, no Tina, I keep using this phrase. It's like the fifth time that, but no Tina shade against those who have won the show. You are talented. I'm not saying that, but um, uh, the show didn't, it was a game show and they spun a wheel. And at the end they, they give the, you know, right. whoever's the most telegenic, who's, who's ever final collection was the least disastrous. Right. Um, I just it's entertaining but I don't think it has a thing to do with no. fashion and it the way it's set up it's not even good at showing creativity or even establishing who's good and who's not no, well, in the room. Well that's the issue. Uh the first episode is a team uh a challenge which it's so wrong. I mean I'm sure it, in in their heads the producers heads are it's perfect because we'll create drama and right. they'll all start fighting blah blah blah. But from a creativity point of view um it's horrible because you, as a, as an audience, as someone watching the show, you don't know these people yet. You haven't established any relationship, quote unquote, relationship with them, or, right. um, and and you don't know who they are. Why not have the first episode just have them show their, you know, their looks individually? That way, you can sort of get a better understanding of the, of who the person is, what they design, and so on. And then later, maybe not the second episode, the third episode, you have a a team challenge. That's fine. Right, but. The only thing you establish here, with a, I mean, after watching the first episode, the only thing that the producers achieved here is that I hate a bunch of people <laughs> already, right? And that there, I can see the drama and the fights, and 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 who's gonna fight, who's who's a big asshole, and so that's all I know about right, them. Right. I I really don't know anything else. I, you know, vaguely maybe a little bit here and there about what they can create, but nothing, nothing real. Uh, that I saw on the runway. Um, so, so that's that. I do have to say that I, I think the show is trying. I think the show is still trying. Bravo still trying. It it looks interesting. Um, but, uh, and I also like the fact that it's a very international show. They have designers from many, several countries, which is great. Right. Um, and 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 that that's interesting. It brings a different flavor. Um, you know, you can you can bring your own culture and your own story and, right. and so on uh, to your designs and creativity and inspirations. Um, so I do like all of that. Having said that, they had two uh, teams. One was like the warm uh, team, and then the they had to pick colors off a color wheel. So right. there were the warm colors and the cool colors, and they split the teams up into those. And I guess that's fine as a conceit. Nothing 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 about that bothered me. Um, and that's it. It was dull. the The garments that they had to make, they actually did give them two two days and quite a bit of money. But um, you know, asking people who don't know each other to produce a case of collection in two days, you know, it's just it's fine. It's fine. It's reality TV. It's goofy shit. But the results are never good. 
I've watched so many of these episodes and right. Okay, sixteen pieces walked that runway yesterday, uh, last night, and maybe two of them. I liked one of them. I like two. Two of them were good. I like two of them. And then they had to create this drama because obviously it's all drama. Uh, looking for drama that one of the designers didn't do a garment at all and somebody else had to do a garment for him um honestly they should have sent that guy home that's my point and and of course of course the producers told the judges about it and so of course of course this look is one of their favorite the Which, one that it was somebody the simplest else pinned yes. down that was so clearly made it's in gold 20 metallic minutes yeah, fabric. On but they her. named it as one of the best. So this designer had to get up and announce, yeah. and it was this tension: is he going to admit that someone else made the game? Right, right. Um, and honestly, like, hate to compare it to Drag Race, but it's the one show I I know as what the reality show that I know as well or better than Project Runway. And I feel like that's in an instance like that, they would have sent someone like that home. You did not complete the challenge. Mm-hmm. There is right. Just send you home. You're send, done. Send, send you're the person done. home, and uh, yeah, the other instead thing- they pretended like it was one of the best looks. And I don't know, what are we going to do about that? No, right. you literally did not make a dress. The other thing about the the show and the these type of shows is that. It's not like season one and two when these people were very naive, didn't know what to expect, no. and so on. I mean, look at season one and two of Project One Way. I don't expect the same. No, that was 2005. You know, it was 17 a time. Se- seasons later. It's a different time. You have social media now. But I kept <laughs> rolling my eyes every now and then because it was all about, well, I designed for this and this and my social media presence. And oh my God, I have so many followers here and there. Right. All that type of bullshit that you have to deal with now it, it's a little off-putting um i think just I, again i when you come at this from the perspective of veterans who have just recapped every episode every design every designer who's ever been on the show and they, the new season starts i'm i'm really i hope this doesn't come across mean but a, a new crap come in and they're all talking about how great they are and how they're going to change the world media presence and all this other stuff and i'm like okay honey but like 99 percent of them i'm never going to hear from you again after this season is over i don't mean to be mean that and you know what that doesn't mean you're a failure many of you like i said there are tons of jobs and and careers in fashion that don't make you famous that means you know that but all of this bravado this smack talking and i know it's reality tv you're supposed to do that but the Again, at least with other shows, you can point to previous winners who went on to become superstars, and Project right. Runway doesn't have that. They ex- they all mention Christian because he is literally the only one, and now he's a cast member. Right. But that's it. There's Nobody else is mentioned because nobody else has that career, and I'll, don't come at me with Michael Costello, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Anyway, but I, that's our thoughts. I, I, I like I said, most of them I didn't like at all. Uh, I liked uh, Aaron's look, which was a burgundy uh, look. I don't know if you remember, with like a faux leather top. Uh, yes, and then and then the uh, pants. I think they were pants. Um, very interesting look. Looked finished. Looked you know thought you know that they had to, you know like inspiration there and that he actually thought about it um but most of the stuff it was just and then they all panic because oh it has to be hit what are we gonna do oh my god we're all gonna do both now let's everybody put a bow on it and that's just so i'm like oh my god this is so i don't even work in fashion and i'm almost offended by this like it's no that's not let's put a freaking bow on everything that is so straight out of working girl i know but anyway uh it's the it was the usual with the judges uh picking whoever the nina's fine i like brandon maxwell i um Mm. i you don't 
No, I, I do. Oh, I, okay. I think I like him Christian is fine in his role. He's great in his role. He pushes back a lot more than Tim used to in, in his last few years. I mean, he's willing to get into fights with people, which is nice. Um, I know you don't like Elaine Welteroth. No, I'm like not really super crazy no, about her No, I don't her like her either. at all. It, it, she always has an agenda. She always has a a, a message. Uh, it, she it, doesn't have technical critique. She talks very, about how everything makes her feel. Yeah, it's very fake and very uh, fake, uh, supportive. Uh, uh, I, no, I, I can't stand her. Yes, so Lorenzo <laughs> can't stand her. And now Carly Kloss hasn't come back. Don't really feel like that's any oh, great God. loss. But the format is weird now that there's no hostess. Right. Um, so they're all sort of sitting in their chairs, giving the lines that Heidi and Carly used to say, and it's just, oh, no, yeah. but, but the energy is gone. Let's it, just be honest. The energy is, it's gone it's a gone. little, but I'll, I'll wait, I'll watch more episodes to make a better decision if I continue or not. Get Law Roach in there. Yes. Get Law Roach oh as God. a judge. Yes. Now get, that would be energy. Mo- yes. But he's on, like that. he's on legendary, so. Yeah. But, but it, that's it's weird. what the show needs. Yeah, but getting rid of or Carly Claude was the best idea because who wants to look at whatever? That no, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't want to look at her. In retrospect, no. Heidi was a lot more fun than we gave her credit for yeah. at the time. Well, um, and she, yeah, she's not now, but all right. The, so those are our thoughts. We will probably touch in on Project Runway once or twice. We'll definitely come back for the yes. finale, I guess, to look at how people wound up. But this is we'll not. See. We'll see. Sorry to disappoint anyone. This is not something we're going to be recapping on a daily it's, or on a weekly. It's just, oh my God, do you remember we used to do daily posts yes, about Project yes. Runway? Well, How crazy is whole, that? The whole site. The whole site was Project Runway. So it was in the early days, three posts a day, five days a week, on the 15 posts per episode. And you wonder why we're burnt out and don't want to write about it now. <laughs> hey, I don't regret any of that. No, I was any just, of it. We just last month saw Emmett McCarthy, who was on season two, who became our good friend, although we haven't seen him in a couple of years because yes. he moved out of New York and he came down for a visit. I mean, we we got married in, in the backyard of Emmett McCarthy's boutique, oh, which no. is where we first met Tim Gunn at, yes, as well. Yes. So and his believe me, very fond dog. memories. Nina Garcia has always been incredibly sweet oh, to us, God. both Nina in Garcia, person yes. and in, you know, we've corresponded over the years. Um so I'm not trashing the show. It's it it has always attracted a fan base that loves to watch people. So and that's right. great. Mm-hmm. And I I I hope it continues for a long time. Uh, it has also been a good showcase for designers, and I'm sure a lot of designers have walked out of their experience with potentially more money to make in their career because they've oh, been on absolutely. the show. Absolutely, I'm sure. So I'm not suggesting that, but. Um, just in in all these years, in seventeen years of the show being on air, I think sixteen years, um, the record speaks for itself. You cannot make a fashion superstar out of reality television. It's no, you just, can't. You, it's not something you can do. the The business is too complicated. Yes. Um, yes. And not only that, but in the years since Project One Runway was launched, we've had things like the Great Recession and now the pandemic that have radically changed how fashion is done. It has destroyed lower end fashion, you know, and it has is in many cases brought, you know, the retail collapse and everything brought a lot of houses to their knees. So the fashion industry, like a lot of industries, has been through a lot in the last 15 or 16 years. And it's just not an environment where some plucky young designer gets to rise up. It's just not. No. I And and it's great that the show allows people to have their dreams. But the, as I said, the record speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean... 
very basic terms, you have someone singing in a competition. You 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 see the you you listen to the voice. You right. you recognize that person's talent, and you hire that person somehow. Same thing with drag queens. Drag queens they put on a beautiful show, great makeup, costumes, whatever. You're gonna hire that person for your bar. Right now, you show shitty clothes on on oh, week after week, week yeah. after week. Are you going to invest your money on that? No, right, you're right. not. You're I mean, not. It's, I'll tell you something. If That's any 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 here. designer came to us and said, "We're going to try out for Project Runway," I know for a fact, ten or twelve years ago, I would have said, "Oh my God, good luck. Let me let me give you some advice." Now I would say, "Please don't do that." I would literally <laughs> tell any designer with, especially coming out of school or design school, "No, don't do that." You're uh, everyone. When people Google your name, all they're going to see is the shit you produced on that show for years. Am I wrong? You can Google any of the alums on the show <laughs> and click images, and it'll be all the crap they did on Project Runway. It's a terrible showcase for them. It really is. I wish I wish there was such a show, but when you envision a show that allowed designers to really be work mm-hmm. like designers and produce, that's not, you can't watch, it's like a show about writing. It's not something you can it's, shoot. It's not fun. It's not fun. Inspiration is a lot of sitting around and staring off into space or or ripping things up and starting over. That's, that's how that shit works. That's how creativity works. And you can't make it. The shows like, um, you know, Top Chef work because it's a technical process from beginning to end. Like there is inspiration in cooking, of course, but the, the fun is watching the technical stuff play out right, and then right, watching right. A, a panel of experts tell them how good or how bad the they only did. part that the show kind of showcases their talent is when they have the finalists and they go visit them and they have to design a collection because they had time to be at home it's still phony yeah but Restrict- I, I know it's weird phony, but restrictions at, but at least you still see a whole yeah. collection from that person right and, and they you know you visit them you see their houses their studios or whatever you get a little bit more of who they are but in general, it's just running around. Oh, my God, I don't have time to do this. Right. You know. And just the very nature of the show and the panel that is on that show, um, as you've noted, it the only thing they can reward is well-made mall clothes. There's no innovation in, in the clothes. I mean, right. when I think about Jay McCarroll, nobody was doing that shit when, in 2005. No, no, no And no, they gave it no. to him because they were blown away by that. Yeah. They have yet to do that, to find anyone like that again. Um, because I can't get into, because Jay McCarroll's not allowed to talk about it, and I'm not going to tell about the stuff that I know about the settlement between him, but he, there was a big to-do when he did not accept the prize money. Um, because if you're someone wildly creative like Jay McCarroll, you shouldn't be on a show like that. It's going to destroy you. Right. You have to be someone who can churn out mall clothes, or who, or who can really play the game, like Christian Siriano. Um, but aside from that, it doesn't promote creativity. It doesn't promote innovation. It doesn't promote good work. Bottom line, the whole point is to see how bad the work is. And the first seasons, at least these people, you know, in a way, they had nothing to lose. And now you're dealing with people who already have social media presence. Right. They have some sort of business. So right. you really want to put yourself through that if yeah. you're not going to present something yeah. decent. I do love the show. I have nothing but fun no, memories. I, oh my God, and I'll, yes, I, yes, I'll yes. check in this this season. I'll probably check in every season, but we're not going to do recaps. It's been said. It's been said. We'll and see, I'm unless too, they do something very interesting, then we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Well, like yeah. I said, we'll check in. But until then, darlings, uh, until, you know, we'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks or crosses our minds. Uh, but until then, take care of yourself and be safe. Love you, mean it. Bye-bye. Bye.